Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com and join my VIP program. Welcome to another walk and talk just leaving my apartment building now. It is a cloudy day today. We've got a mix of kind of light white clouds, light colored clouds, and a mix of dark clouds. So I don't know if rain coming later today, possibly. The good part of this, of course, is that it's cool. It's not not hot, so that's nice. Good, good weather for walking. Just nice and warm. Feels good. Now I'm gonna go to the main road today. I got lost yesterday. If you listened yesterday, I got lost, and uh, which is fine. I don't mind. But today, I really have some work I've got to do, so I need to get there a little faster. What this means is you probably are going to hear more car noise in the background because I'll be walking along a busier road, kind of the main busy road. Well, see, I can avoid it for a few minutes here, but eventually I'll be there. Hey, by the way, follow me on Instagram. Having some fun with Instagram now, playing around with Instagram, my official Instagram is Effortless English Club. Effortless English Club. All together. On Instagram, I do little short videos. They're called stories. They're just one minute long, I think. Limited to one minute. And, of course, I post other videos and photos. And last night, I did a a live video. A couple live videos chatting with Instagram followers. That was kind of fun. So follow me on Instagram, Effortless English Club. And be careful, lots of fake ones pretending to be me, so you got to get that right. Effortless English Club for Instagram. Hey, and by the way, World Cup started. The World Cup started. Russia had a very strong game, beat Saudi Arabia 5-0. to So a good start for the hosts. Anderson on Twitter, Anderson sent me a picture wearing his Brazil shirt. It's called a jersey, by the way. Here's some sports vocabulary. A jersey, this is American English. A jersey is a sports shirt. Like for the, the official uniform of a team. We call that a jersey. So he sent me a picture wearing his Brazil jersey. He's Brazilian. So then I tweeted back. And also on Instagram, I put a picture of me wearing my Japan jersey. So, hey, why don't you do the same? Let's all do this. It'll be fun. So send me a picture wearing your World Cup team. Now, that might be your own country. It might not. Like for me, my country's not in the World Cup this year. The United States did not qualify. So I can't support the United States, so I've decided to support Japan, where I am right now. My wife's from Japan, I have Japanese family members, so that seemed like a good choice for me. 
So whatever team you're supporting, if you have their jersey, put it on, take a selfie, and uh, tag me on Instagram. So tag Effortless English Club. And also maybe use the tag EE Family. E-E-F-A-M-I-L-Y. EE Family. Use those two tags. Tag me, Everless English Club, and also you could put EE Family as a tag. So then we can all see each other wearing our our uh, different jerseys. You can kind of see some of your effortless English family members around the world. And if you want to, you could also tweet it to me. You could uh, send it as a tweet on my Twitter, and I'll retweet it. I'll send it out to everybody. And my Twitter is my name. A.J. Hogue, A-J-H-O-G-E. That's my Twitter, A.J. Hogue. So Instagram and or Twitter, your choice. Oh, it feels nice today, actually. It's pretty cool. Slight breeze now. Yeah, it feels nice. So for two days ago, I had a... Those of you who follow me on Twitter, you know, I had a very frustrating... Uh, day. Actually, I had a couple of two frustrating days with my computer. Got a new computer, very fast and powerful, so that I can do more shows, I can edit faster, I can. The idea is that I can work much faster and have higher quality audio and video, so then I can do more shows for you. But my computer kept crashing. There's one video editing software I use. I use it for audio too. And every time I tried to save a file or export a file, it would crash. Not only crash the program, it would crash my whole computer. My computer would turn off. Super frustrating. Really frustrating. And I go, ah! So then I'd go back, I'd try again. It would crash, it would crash, it would crash. So I finally realized, well, I need help. So I tried to get a hold of uh, Apple support. Called their first number. Got someone in Japan, because I'm in Japan, and they were... I guess they could see my location on my uh, computer. It was fine. They spoke English, but then they said I needed to speak to someone else, but the other person only spoke Japanese. So I said, ah, no, that's not good. I don't speak enough Japanese to do that. So they gave me the American number. I called the American number. They were closed. I waited until almost my bedtime. I called the American number again. I got someone, some guy, told him all the problem, everything. He said, okay, good. He took all the information. He said, okay, well, you have to talk to someone else, a specialist. So I'm going to transfer you and uh, tell me your phone number because if you accidentally get hung up on, right? If, I accident, if you accidentally hang up, then we'll call you back. So I gave him my phone number. And... I waited, I waited, I waited, I waited, probably like five minutes. No answer. And then finally, they hung up on me. They cut the line. They hung up. So, uh, I was frustrated, but I thought, okay, he got my phone number. He said they'd call back if they hung up. So I waited, I waited, I waited, I waited. I probably waited another 15, 20 minutes. They never called back. <laughs> so I had to call back again. I t- actually, next I tried uh, their online chat. I thought, well, maybe forget the phone. I'll try their online chat system. So I opened that up. I clicked it. Put in my information. It said, two minutes, two minutes. You will, your online chat will start. 
I waited two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. It never started. <laughs> so then, <laughs> so, okay. Then I called back to the American number. Had to start all again, give them all my information again, starting from nothing. Finally got hold of one woman. She took some information. She sent me to someone else. And finally, she helped me. We did some things. And it seems like the major problem, the crashing my computer, seems like it's fixed, which is good. However, there I discovered another problem. <laughs> the next day, I'm editing and uh, I'm uploading, getting ready to upload and save one of the audios. And I'm listening to it and I realize it's got all these pop sounds. Pop, 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 Lots of them, like popping kind of sounds. It's like, what the heck is that? So I, I was confused. It was just in the audio, an MP3. So I went back and I listened to the video, the original video. I was just saving the audio only, right? Taking the audio off of the video, just saving the audio. So I listened to the original video, totally fine. The audio was no problem. So after testing around, I realized, oh man, it's something with the program. It's again, exporting the file. When I export the file as an MP3 from the same program, then it causes a problem and it creates all these popping sounds. And so I figured out a different, I had to save it as a different file and then <laughs> open it in another program and then export it from the other program and that worked. That's called a workaround, by the way. Here's a little vocabulary, a workaround. A workaround or a workaround solution. So a solution, just a solution, it means you solve the problem. You fix it, right? If you fix the problem, you solved it. But sometimes we can't solve the problem. We can't solve the, what's causing the problem. We can't fix it, or we don't know how to fix it, or we don't have time to fix it. So we, instead we do a, what's called a workaround. A workaround means you find a way <laughs> to do the job by avoiding the problem, right? You go around the problem. So I, I, I don't, I couldn't figure out or I don't know how to uh, fix this audio problem in the one software. So what I had to do is instead of fixing it, I had to use a different program and have do a, a couple more extra steps so that I could save the audio with good quality. So that's, a, that's called a workaround, right? So I, I went around the problem by avoiding that one part of that program. Workarounds are kind of common, especially in software and IT. Sometimes it's just faster to find a, another way to do it than to spend lots and lots and lots of time on trying to fix it. Now, the other funny thing about this is I, I sent a tweet out about Christian Bale. You guys know Christian Bale, right? He was Batman. He was the best Batman, in most people's opinion. Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises. And there's a famous, uh, it's actually, it's audio, 
a famous audio of Christian Bale having a meltdown. We call this having a meltdown. <laughs> having a meltdown means you kind of just, you lose emotional control. So you're uncontrolled emotionally. Just, you know, it might mean you just cry and scream. It could be that you're, you go crazy because you're so angry. And Christian Bale's famous meltdown was angry. He, he was really angry. So what happened was he was filming one, uh, the Terminator movie. He did one Terminator movie. So he's filming the Terminator movie. He's doing some scene, you know, like they got the cameras are on. He's acting. And while he's doing this scene, he's trying to get emotional and do the scene, do what he needs to do so it looks good. Some of the, one of the staff, one of the crew, film crew, I think it, it was one, it was like the photographer or the one of the lighting guys started moving around and moving maybe some light or something was was distracting him. So he's trying to do this some emotional scene, right? And uh, and get the right emotion and the right feeling. And then this guy was kind of moving around, maybe making noise and distracting him. And uh, he just he went crazy. He got really angry. It broke his concentration. So he was really angry and he started screaming at him and yelling at him. He said, you son of a bitch. And he's just, it goes on for a very long time where he's just insulting him and saying all these nasty things to him and on and on and on. And somebody recorded it and it got out publicly and it embarrassed Christian Bale. And he had to apologize. I'm sorry. I was, I was wrong. I was a bad guy. And Lots of people criticized him. Oh, Christian Bale is a spoiled jerk. He's a terrible guy. Oh, it's so horrible. Listen to him being mean to this worker. I understand all that, but honestly, when I when that happened, I understood Christian Bale. I understand why he did it. I understand what happened. Because it's happened to me before. I haven't. Luckily for me, there's no one else to yell at. <laughs> okay, I can't yell at anybody, so I just like yell at the computer or yell at myself, and Aah! and I, it's nothing like Christian Bale. But here's the thing: when you're when you're doing some kind of performance, maybe it's a public speech, maybe you're recording an audio or a video. It could even be a kind of a sports performance. But there's this um, could be you know art. It could be music. There, there's something called flow. In fact, there's a very good book called Flow. And what this means is uh, to do a good performance, you need a certain kind of emotion and you need a very high level of concentration. Right? You need to get the right feeling. You need to, to, to get your, your brain working right, your body moving. Everything needs to be in this kind of, uh, kind of working all together. You've got that, just that right emotion, that right concentration, so that it's all happening perfectly. We call this uh, flow, or being in flow in sports. Oh, not even just sports. In general, we also call it being in the zone. In the zone, you're like in that perfect area where your performance is the best. So a lot of performers do this. Like I said, it might it could be physical, like athletes, or some kind of artistic performance, or even business. 
And so what happens is that, like, let's say uh, you, you're, I understand what, what happened with Christian Bale because he's doing this scene and he's got to have a certain emotion, right? I don't know if he was trying to be sad or angry or what he was trying to do, but he's trying to get this certain emotion and, you know, he's acting because he, so he has to, he has to probably think of things in his mind and uh, memories or something to get back to this correct feeling. And then he's got to remember what he's saying, you know, he's got to remember the script remember his lines and it it takes a lot of energy emotional energy mental energy to get all of that correct so that it's all working and you got the right feeling and you got the right emotion and and you're you got the right memory and you remember what you got to say and you're ready to give a great performance and you start doing it and then something interrupts you something breaks your concentration maybe there's a equipment problem the camera breaks the audio recorder breaks. The computer crashes. Or some crew distracts you, like Christian Bale. And then it breaks the concentration. It completely breaks that perfect emotion that you had going. And you're like, ah, oh, right? Maybe if it happens one time, it's not a big deal. You kind of, ah. But then when it happens, when, you, when your concentration breaks, you lose the emotion, it takes a lot of time and energy and concentration to get it back again, right? You go back to normal, your normal emotion, your normal thinking. And then you want to get to the performance. So ah, you got to, you, you know, maybe some people, you know, they'll close their eyes, take a deep breath, imagine something get back to that emotion they're trying to get remember what they're going to say and then start the performance again it's not instant it takes it takes some time and takes a lot of concentration and energy to do that so you do it again and you start and it's working great and you're getting a good performance and then interrupt it again something else happens right maybe you forget maybe you make a mistake and you go, oh, God, I, made a, I said the wrong word. And then you got to stop. <sighs> it breaks your concentration. You're out of flow. You're out of the zone. <sighs> and you kind of, <sighs> and then you got to start over again. And you got to start over again. And, you know, with actors and other performers, sometimes they do this, you know, five times, 10 times, 15 times. And it becomes more and more and more difficult because you start getting frustrated. You start getting frustrated. You know, one or two times is no problem, really. But after three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times or more, then you start getting quite frustrated, right? Your emotions change, like, ah, keep making the mistakes. So then it's even more difficult, even more difficult to get back in the zone, right? To get, the, get back to that emotion you're trying to get. So it becomes harder and harder and harder each time there's an interruption. And this, therefore, thus, it becomes more and more frustrating each time. <laughs> so I can understand what happened with Christian Bale. I'm guessing he probably had a long day and, he, and there were a lot of mistakes happening and a lot of problems and he was trying and trying and he's trying to get back to this emotion and then something happened and he, uh, he tried again, tried again and finally he's just like, ah! You know, <laughs> just like an emotional breakdown and just went crazy and yeah, damn it, ah, 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 just started going crazy and yelling and screaming and insulting. And <laughs> so this is sort of how I feel, not quite that level, <laughs> but 
this is how I felt the last couple of days because, uh, you know, I'm recording something and then, ah, something breaks. Ah, I gotta start again. Okay, start back from the beginning. Start again. Going. Ah, something breaks. Start again. Do it. The internet breaks. This happens to me a lot when I'm trying live video. My internet keeps breaking and interrupting me right in the middle of a sentence. It's very frustrating after a while. Or I finish recording and then I'm editing. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to upload this and then I can go relax. Just put it on the... Put it on YouTube, put it on my website, and then I'm done. Ah, I can relax the rest of the day. And then computer crashes, computer crashes, computer crashes. And instead of just, you know, 10 minutes, I'm wasting five hours, six hours trying to f- solve this computer problem. <sighs> so, anyway. It is a kind of performer's mindset. So like in a in a in maybe a normal situation, I probably wouldn't get so frustrated by it. But when I'm in a this mindset of performing, I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to have good energy for you, trying to have good emotion for you, have give you more not just talk and sound boring. And also because I, I care about the topic, it's important to me and it's emotional for me. So it it, it, it does <laughs> it does do this. It happens to performers, this sort of emotional reaction sometimes. So I don't blame Christian Bale so much. I understand. Actually, I am avoiding the major roads so far. Still on a side road, these little side neighborhood roads in the city. But I'm closer to the main road, so I think I won't get lost today. I am going to Namba. I keep mentioning Namba. Namba is the main big station, the main big area in the south part, the southern part of Osaka. So as I mentioned before, in the north there is Umeda. That's the that's probably the biggest, the busiest area of Osaka. Lots and lots and lots and lots of shops and restaurants and office buildings and everything. Umeda's very, very busy. And uh, Umeda is where Osaka Station is, which is the big, uh, the big station that connects to the rest of Japan. So if you're going to take a train to Tokyo, for example... You'll go from Osaka Station. Actually, you go from something called Shin Osaka Station, which means New Osaka Station, uh, which is still the same basic area as of Umeda, that north part of Osaka. But I'm going to Namba. Namba's in the south, a little bit less crowded. I mean, it's still busy, but a little bit less busy. And we live south of Osaka, south part of Osaka, so that's where I'm going. And Namba has, uh, has a few different parts, a few different areas inside of what's called Namba. So there's Namba Station, that's the actual train station. It's, ca- it's also called the Nankai Line because the Nankai Company owns it. And Namba Station is where the trains 
connect that goes south of Osaka. So they go to the airport, Kansai Airport, that's the international airport for all of, uh, well, for Kyoto, for Osaka, for Kobe, for Nara. They all use that airport south of Osaka. So the train, you can get trains from other places that go to the airport too, but from Osaka, Namba Station. The, just, the whole area around Namba Station is called Namba, and it has some different parts. There's a part called Namba Parks, there's a part called Namba City, there's a part called Ekikan, there's a street or an area called Shinsaibashi, and there's an area called Dotumburi. These are sort of the famous areas in the south part of Osaka. Let's start with Dotumburi, it's along the river. And this is the party area, basically. <laughs> Dotenburi, if you want to go out at night and drink and, and be around lots of people, uh, that's a good place. They've got little, small, cheap food uh, restaurants and stands, you know, like kind of just open. Lots of cheap food you can just go around, and there are lots of bars, lots of um, pubs. So, a lot of people go there. Now, it, it has become quite touristy, unfortunately. So, you're going to see tons and tons of tourists, especially Chinese. Motorcycle. So, lots and lots of tourists, which is why I don't go there. It's a little too crowded. But, um, Dotsamburi, it, it's, it's one of the kind of f very famous areas of... Osaka, and it's because it's this area where traditionally there was a lot, it's the, the party area, the late night area, the drink and eat, basically, is what Dotonburi is about. If you, from Dotonburi, if you start walking south, so Dotonburi is north, it's sort of the north part of the Namba area. If you walk south, you can walk south on the area uh, a road called Shinsaibashi and an area called Shinsaibashi <laughs> which is um, it's kind of a covered arcade. Remember I mentioned those covered arcades. They're uh, they're these kind of uh, they're roads but they have a roof. So it's a it's a walking road, no cars. Uh, and it has a like usually these kind of a roof over top. So so if it's raining, then it's covered. So it's a nice place for bad weather. But it's it's open air, right? All the other roads cr go across it. It's, there are no walls, but there and there are lots of shops in there. So this is super crowded now because it's probably the main tourist street of Osaka, and it's always been busy. Even without tourists, is busy. Uh, lots of shops, lots of little restaurants. Again, it has become quite touristy now, so a lot of the a lot of the shops focus on tourists. So, you know, you know what it's like. Any uh, famous city, they have their tourist area, and it's actually nothing like the real city, the rest of the city. So, San Francisco, for example. San Francisco, everybody knows. Everybody knows Fisherman's Wharf. 
Fisherman's Wharf is the famous city, I mean, the famous section of San Francisco for tourists. But local people almost never go there, okay, because of that, because it's known as the tourist area. So there's an area around Girardelli Square, which is a chocolate company, and, um, and then you, there's, and then a section is, is where there's some piers, pier, a pier is like that, uh, platform that goes out into the water. You can walk on, you know, it's next to a, a shore, next to a beach. So there's some piers and it's nice actually. I, I actually, I would go walk there when I lived in San Francisco. I'd walk there just cause it was pretty. It's pretty. You can see Alcatraz, you can see the bay. But super touristy, <laughs> okay? I would never eat there. I never really bought anything there. I would never hang out there. It's just if I was going for a long walk, I might pass through Fisherman's Wharf. But most local San Francisco people never go there and uh, almost nobody lives there. It's just tourists, people who work in the tourist industry go there. If you visit San Francisco, for sure go there. It's, it's, it is pretty. But uh, you should see other parts of the city too. Well, this is what this kind of Shinsaibashi area is sort of like in Osaka. It's it's the, sort of the same idea where, uh, you know, it's an area that there's so many tourists. So now local people uh, don't go as much. And most of the shops are focusing more and more and more on tourists. So again, for sure, if you visit, go there. Why not? It's worth seeing. But get out and find other areas. When I travel to places, I you know, I, I like to get out and find the areas that are not just overwhelmed with tourists. It's a little more interesting. Like yesterday's show where I talked about the walk and talk yesterday where I talked about Koyasan. That's a great trip. That's a great trip and there will be tourists there for sure but it's it's not like you know thousands of them. So I don't go to those areas uh, and hang out or work, meaning Dotonbori, Shinsaibashi. Where I go, the area I like in Namba, is called, well, there's two parts. It's really the, they're connected to this, the station. And you have to realize this is a big station. You know, so, some of the Japanese train stations are huge. It's not just for the trains. They have, uh, you know, huge, 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 gigantic buildings. Some of them have large hotels. They're filled with you know, lots and lots and lots of different restaurants and shops and they have different levels. There might be an underground and then another and then a second underground level and then the ground floor and then it goes up, up, up. For example, in, in Kyoto, we used to live near Kyoto Station. Kyoto Station is like a little city. <laughs> just the, just the, the station. It has a huge hotel. It has... Uh, this gigantic, I don't know what, what you call it, mall area that, I mean, with like 11 or 12 floors, lots and lots and lots of restaurants, good restaurants. And then it's got an underground area too, <laughs> uh, called Porta, which also has some good restaurants and shops and coffee shops and things. Uh, it's all, just that, just the station itself is 
is very big. Tokyo Station's like that, but Tokyo Station for me is too big. Tokyo Station is, uh, I always feel overwhelmed when I go there. We'll uh, say if we take a train from Osaka, we'll take the bullet train, the Shinkansen, and we'll arrive in Tokyo and pop out of in Tokyo Station, and it's just packed with people, and they're all walking really fast, and they're going in you know ten different directions, so they're bumping into you, and you're, you're trying to walk through this ocean of people, and they're all you know, and they're all in a hurry, they're all dressed in black. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, too many people, too crowded. <laughs> so Osaka Station's, um, uh, Namba Station, rather, is, Osaka Station is big also. Now, Osaka Station's the one that's up in the north, Umeda. So it's, it's huge, actually. It's very, very big as well. But in the south, it's Namba Station. Sorry if I made a mistake and called it Osaka, because Osaka and Namba are totally different stations. Osaka Station's in the north. That's where you're going to go to take a train to Kyoto, probably. That's where you'll go to take a, go to Tokyo. Lots of other places. But anyway, Namba Station is a bit smaller, but still quite large. Still lots of... Uh, there's a couple different levels. There's an underground and the ground level. And then uh, there's two sort of... I don't know what you, what you want to call them again, like malls or, or buildings. One's called Namba Parks, and one's called Namba City. Namba City is essentially a big, gigantic mall or arcade that's uh, connected directly to the station. Namba Parks is full of shops and coffee shops and restaurants. Um... What else? I'm getting, I'm getting confused about Namba Parks and Namba Station, but because they're basically, they're basically the same thing, Namba City and Namba Parks, they're basically connected. But the, the why it's called Namba Parks is because it's uh, uh, it's got this green park. It's kind of you know on on the roofs of the buildings, kind of. It's I think it's about three, maybe four or five floors of you know kind of these little stairs and you can walk along and it's there, there are lots of these little trees and plants and it's that's quite green right in the middle of the city and it's just all it's basically like i said on the rooftop of the different buildings that are on the south part of the station and that's called namba parks so i like to go up there sometimes and just relax sit Look at the trees. There's some views of the city from there a little bit. It's quite nice. Number parks. And then inside, when you go... So that's the outside part with the green. But then on the inside part of Number parks, there are, also, there are a lot of uh, restaurants. So I'll, I'll eat lunch in that area a lot. There's a coffee shop I go there sometimes, too. There's kind of two main coffee shops I go to to do work. One has internet, one does not. So it kind of depends. If I need to do internet, I go to one. And if I don't need internet, I go to the other one. And the one that, that does not have internet, but is bigger and it's a little lighter too. They've got big windows. It's, they're quite it's quite a large coffee shop. It's called Antico. Antico, it's an Italian style, or at least what Japanese... 
people think would be Italian style, but it definitely has a European style, I would say. It reminds me of some of the Spanish uh, cafes or bar, what are called bars in Spain, but are basically cafes. So you go in, it's, everything's kind of this, the, the counters, the tables are a, mostly like a dark wood. Uh, two of the walls are windows, so you get a lot of light coming in, which is nice. Um, of course, they sell coffee, but they also have things like uh, panini, which is like little small sandwiches. Uh, they've got little desserts. Yeah, it's a nice place. I like to go hang out there. It's a good place to go. And because it's so large, it has so many tables that even on weekends, I can usually find a chair there. But its only weak point is no internet. The other coffee shop I often go to is uh, more of a, is an American style. It's a New York company. It actually comes from New York. Uh, and it's underneath the train tracks. So you can hear the train the trains going over your head <laughs> sometimes it's got that like kind of a pretty typical american coffee shop uh style meaning it's got it uses a lot of wood also but more like light woods right like lightly stained means lightly colored woods like a tan color a very light brown they got these big, long tables that you share with other people. And they also have some individual tables, too. They also, as part of their coffee shop, they have a New York pizza. Uh, uh, what would you call it? Restaurant cafe. So it's, it's, it's all part of it. So they serve New York pizza. They have a little section. I sh that's what I should say. They have a section at the back of the coffee shop where they make pizza. New York pizza is actually quite good. Now... In Asia, often it's difficult to find good, what I consider, what I think is good pizza. That sort of New York style of pizza. So because they're a New York company, they, they must get their ingredients and everything from the home company in New York because the pizza is very good. It's, it definitely is a New York style of pizza. You can just buy, you know, one slice or two slices. The bad part of this is the pizza's not very healthy. <laughs> but sometimes it's just so convenient. I'm there and I'm hungry. So huh, I'll get a pizza. Piece of pizza. The other thing I like about... Well, there's two things. Antico. So I'm very picky about music when I go to a coffee shop. And the reason is I'm, I usually sit in a coffee shop for a few hours, right? I'm working. So I'll go there and I'll keep ordering stuff, you know, so that they're making money. <laughs> so I, I, I feel like that's me paying rent to them in a way to use their coffee shop as my office. I think that's fair. Um, so I'm picky about the music, though, because uh, some coffee shops just play horrible music. And by horrible, I mean distracting like annoying and distracting music so any kind of pop music any kind of dance music i mean maybe if i'm out dancing i would like that but when i'm trying to focus and concentrate and work i don't want boom 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 you know it breaks all my concentration it's kind of what i was talking about with christian bale again right i'm focusing i'm trying to think of ideas And there's this 
loud, annoying music going. So I don't want that. <laughs> so in a coffee shop, I prefer the music is just kind of in the background or something that you know I like, but it's not distracting. For me, the best would be classical music, <laughs> something instrumental, something I don't really quite notice. It just has, a, and it's fairly quiet. That's kind of what Antico does. In fact, I don't even, I can't even think what Antico does for music. <laughs> I can't. I've been there constantly, like like many, many, many times. I still cannot tell you what kind of music they play. And for me, that's a good thing. It means the music's so quiet. <laughs> It's, it's not distracting at all that I don't even notice it, which is, that's what I want. The New York coffee shop does play music that I notice. It's louder, but luckily it's music that I like. It's mostly classic rock. So, you know, I can kind of nod my head and it's not too loud. It's the key thing. It's not too loud, so I can still concentrate and they'll play you know, like I said, good classic rock stuff, which is the kind of music I most enjoy, so no problem. That's also good. There was this one coffee shop I was, I was going to in the town of Sakai, which is south of where we live, and it was uh, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf is the name. They're an international chain. They come from L.A., Los Angeles. And in my opinion, they play some of the most horrible music ever. <laughs> Terrible. So annoying and distracting. It's always this pop dance stuff. Like, uh, like, like I'm in a, 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 a gay nightclub. And it's, like, it's, it's a completely wrong feeling for a coffee shop, in my opinion. People go to coffee shops to chat, to meet friends to read, to work. So, you know, I think <laughs> that you'd, you'd want to play music that is, uh, you know, fits those kind of activities. And, you know, loud dance club music just does not. It's, it's very distracting and annoying. And so I, I actually liked that coffee shop because the staff was very nice. They would talk to me, try to talk to me in English and, uh, very sweet, I got to know them. But eventually I stopped going there and it was the music. <laughs> First I tried sitting outdoors. They have outdoor sitting, seating. So outdoor seats. And that worked when it was warm, but then when the winter came, I didn't want to sit outside anymore. I'd sit inside, I tried to use headphones, but the music was so loud I could still hear it through my headphones. And I thought, oh well, I I'm, I'm not going to this place anymore. Enough. But the New York coffee shop plays good music. I like it. And the New York coffee shop has a little bit more of a, um, well, well, here's another slang word for you. We call it hipster. <laughs> kind of cool, cool, right? Cool, art, artistic type people go there. People who have weird clothes and weird hair. You know, a little more artistic. That can be good or bad sometimes. <laughs> Depends if, but luckily in Japan, they're all very, very nice. Uh, it also, also gets a good number of expats. An expat is a foreign person living in a country. So a foreign person living in a country, but not permanently, not a citizen, not an immigrant. 
So I'm an expat in Japan. I'm American, living in Japan, but I'm not Japanese. I'll never be Japanese. I'm not an immigrant in Japan. I'm not trying to be. So it's like a visitor. For example, if you get a job in another country and you live there for a few years, you're an expat. In Japan, a lot of the expats are English teachers, no surprise. So I see a lot of them uh, at the coffee shop clearly uh, having a chat with a student or doing like a private conversation lesson at the coffee shop with a Japanese person. I like being an expat actually. It's kind of, it's kind of nice. I enjoy it. All right, we're passing the arcade again. The arcade, this is where I got lost yesterday. The big arcade, I'm crossing over it. Uh-huh, this is the busy one that's actually got lots of open shops and lots of people. Okay, I don't know the name. Here's another thing about Japan. Warning to you if you travel to Japan. It's, it's a very strange thing, I don't understand it. If, if we have a Japanese listener, please tell me on Twitter. Why, why? But most Japanese roads do not have road signs. They don't have signs, so you never know the name of the road you're on. It's very difficult to figure out the names of roads. Now, some of the really big ones, like big highways, yes, they'll have a, a sign with a name on it. But like the, the really big, super main road that goes north to south in Osaka. I know the name of that is Mitosuji. But like all these little smaller roads, even medium-sized roads, no, no names. So th this makes it very difficult to find things if you're here. I mean, thank God for uh, Google Maps, because now you can enter in the if you know the address, you can enter it in and just follow. Of course, sometimes they make a mistake, sometimes it's wrong, then you really got a problem. But it's very difficult, just if you know the address, if you look at it, it's still extremely difficult to find an address here. Or to give directions. So, as I said, like right now, I'm okay. I'm on one little road and I'm crossing other little roads and I have no idea the names. So, this makes it quite difficult for me to remember where I'm at. And like each day, I'll kind of I'll cross areas and like, oh yeah, I, I remember this area, but I don't know the name of the road. <laughs> it's a little confusing. I know the main highway, but when I'm back in these small areas, like it's easy to very easy to get lost. Of course, when I get lost, it's only for maybe five minutes or something. It's in general, I can, if I, once I see one of the tall buildings that I know, I know what direction I'm going, then it's quite easy. And that's what I'm trying to do now. Ah, there we go. And yep. All right. Got it. There's a big cell phone tower and a tall building. And if they're both on my right side, I know I'm walking north. And they are on my right side, so I'm going the right direction.
Oh, I should mention another thing about Japan. Another, this is food item. There's a very famous dish, or, or I don't know if it's dish really, like a snack uh, in Osaka called takoyaki. Takoyaki. Taco means octopus. Yaki means like grilled. But it's not just, it's not grilled octopus. <laughs> it's these little balls with octopus inside. It's a ball of dough. Dough is like, um, like flour that's soft, right? Some kind of flour. Some, I don't know if they make it from rice or, or, or wheat. And they mix it up. And then they, it looks just, it looks like water, right? Like a, like a pancake mix, almost. And then they have a grill, but it's a grill that has uh, like a top and a bottom. Like, well, like, like for making waffles, right? If you know, if you've ever seen that before. So the, the bottom part, it's like a half a circles, so lots of little half circles on the bottom. Maybe, I, you know, it depends. Some of them are very big. They might have 15 or 20 of them. Some might have just five or six. And then the top part, which they close on top of it, then also that has semicircles. Or they just, just have the bottom part and they flip it over, which I'll explain in a minute how they do it. But basically what they do is they, they pour it in there and then they stick a little piece of octopus in the center, in the middle, and then they cook it and it gets kind of, not hard, but it gets, you know, it cooks up. So it's like a little soft ball of dough with octopus inside and they'll give you, I don't know, you can get like, you know, six at a time or it depends how hungry you are. You get them and then they put this sauce on top of it, which is this sort of sour and sweet sauce, brown sauce. Sometimes I think they put mayonnaise on there also. And uh, you get, you just eat it with like a little stick, almost like a big toothpick. Just pick it pop it in your mouth and eat it one eat the whole thing at one time be careful it can be very hot so don't burn your mouth this is called takoyaki it's a it's one of these cheap osaka snacks so you you will see walking around osaka there's these little takoyaki stands or little takoyaki shops all over the place like usually they're very small it's just the, you know, like the side of a building kind of open. You just walk up from the sidewalk and, you know, order, and then you get it in a few minutes later. Takoyaki is one of the famous dishes of Japan. In fact, my wife, Tomoe, her dad, her dad makes it. He likes to make it. Sometimes they have a takoyaki party at their house. So we'll go over and visit her family, and he'll make takoyaki. And all the kids get excited. It's, it's like one of these special, special meals, special dishes that uh, they get excited about. Oh, yay, takoyaki! So I am supporting Japan for the World Cup. Someone asked me on Instagram, hey, Jay. I showed us Facebook. Hey, Jay, why? Why are you not supporting America? Do you not like your own country? But if you are following the World Cup, you know the answer already. 
I cannot follow America and support them because they are not in the World Cup. They did not make it. They did not qualify. Not good enough. <laughs> so I can't. There's no America, so I had to choose another team. And of course, Japan seemed like the right choice, right? I'm living here right now. My wife's Japanese, as I explained earlier during this walk and talk. I'm supporting Japan. I've got the little team jersey. I took my picture with the Japanese team jersey. Now, the Japanese are ranked 60, I think it's 62 in the world. So, most likely, they will not win the World Cup. I think most Japanese will be happy if they get out of their group. That would be a success for the Japanese team. I think Brazil probably has a great chance, as always, as always, the Brazilians. And we have a lot of Brazilian effortless English family members, so definitely gonna have to support Brazil some. But in general, I just want to enjoy the games, and we have people from everywhere, so we'll just. Good luck to everybody. My team's not in it, so good luck to everyone. All right, well, it's. Time for me to get going. So, hey, follow me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram now. Effortless English Club on Instagram. Effortless English Club on Instagram. Please、uh, follow me there. You know, share, tag me.、Uh, I'm trying to grow my Instagram account now. Let's see if we can get it over 10,000. Should be able to do that. Follow me on Instagram at Effortless English Club. Effortless English Club. And join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Talk to you tomorrow.